guys, we've been playing Wizards Unite. Have you been playing Wizards Unite? Well, by the time this airs, it will be August, so I guess Wizards Unite will be old old news. It's also possible that you and I will have stopped playing by August. I don't think so for me, but I'm still pay- playing Pokemon Go. That's true, but we've had waves. Like, there's been times when I'm still playing it and you're not playing it, and then times when you're playing it and I'm not playing it. Like, yeah. there were long stretches where we both stopped playing. That's true, but I've been playing pretty consistently for the last, like, year or something. Except for now this pause while I play Wizards Unite. Well, I read an article where people were like, do they really want to split their audience? Like, the people playing Pogo are obviously also the people playing Wizards Unite. Well, I gotta say that I have this theory that I think Pokemon Go will be the lasting game because there's less buy-in. Like, Wizards Unite definitely has, like, you need to know some something about the source material, whereas with Pokemon, you really don't need to know anything about the source material. It's just, like, collect these things. That's true. Our friends have been able to jump in who don't know what any of them are. Yeah, and it's it's fun um and i think there's like an element of like you collect all these things and then they have stats and like that really appeals to some people who like don't care about pokemon um but like games in general yeah yeah and like who are like really into like collecting things or getting the best of something i was like i cannot go down this road um but like people who are really serious about pokemon go are really serious and i don't think that wizards unite is going to have it the same effect because I don't like how can there there are no stats you're not fighting with any of these things that you're collecting you know or getting also, like I'm you know not in the world so I have no idea if this is the case but Wizards Unite feels less zeitgeisty yeah that's I think it's because Pokemon Go was like the first of its kind whereas Wizards Unite is obviously a branch off of Pokemon Go well I also think that Pokemon lent itself naturally to the like yes. we walk around catching things and with Wizards Unite you're a little like what's happening Yes. It is really fun. I'm having a great time not to like rag on Wizards Unite, but yeah, I I think Pokemon is going to sort of outlast that situation. I mean, we're enjoying ourselves very much for the time being, but it's been less than a week. Yes, it's true. It's great though. Speaking of magical things, let's segue. Welcome to Romcomathon. I'm Kat. And I'm Alex. And today we're talking about Penelope. A magical fantasy rom-com that uh, I think someone asked us to do when we saw the blog, but it was against one of our rules. Is it a rom-com? I think it is. There, is. there are strong comedic elements, and then I think there, I mean, and there's a strong romance plot. So I would say it's a rom-com. I think it actually does get categorized as that on like yeah. IMDb and stuff. But I feel like, like The Princess Diaries, it's them- thematically more about her. But at the end, like, ultimately, like, she finds love and things like that. I think it's a big through line of the film. Well, why don't you summarize the plot? Okay. Oh, it's o- so early for a summary. I wasn't ready yet, but I can. Okay. But I'm just saying, I think it's hard for us to discuss without you telling them what happens in this film for anyone who hasn't seen it. Yeah, that's true. Okay, buckle in, guys, because this one actually has a lot of elements to it because it's like a magical fantasy thing. Okay, so Christina Ricci is the only child of Catherine O'Hara and Richard E. Grant, who I found out was a South African because, as my fiancé put it, there are like four famous South Africans and they know all of them. They are two old money rich people. And it turns out that on Richard E. Grant's side of the family, he has this like family curse because like a long ago male relative of his uh, knocked up a servant girl, then proceeded to not marry her and she killed herself and her mother was a witch. And I just feel like maybe don't piss off people who are witches. 
did he actually knock her up yes he knocked her up they showed like a picture of her like pregnant yeah like a a a clip so she committed suicide the mother the witch mom basically put a curse in the family that said like the next daughter born to you one of you guys will have like the face of a pig and until one of her own accepts her um she'll be cursed like this forever but generations go by and they keep having sons and finally there's christina ricci she's the first daughter born and everyone's kind of like forgotten about this curse but then she's born with the snout of a pig and she looks like a perfectly normal person with all other regard, like a pretty normal person, except that she has a pig snout. And ears. Yes. But they like they kind of don't show the ears yes. after a while. So it's like fine. So in order to protect her from the paparazzi, like Peter Dinklage, who is literally like hiding in their mansion trying to get photos of this baby, Catherine O'Hara does the normal thing and pretends that her child has perished and has her fake buried and like basically raises uh, Christina Ricci like a crazy hermit in this beautiful room, much like Rapunzel. And everyone kind of thinks that for Christina Ricci to get accepted as her own kind, it means that she needs to marry like a blue blood, essentially. That'll break the curse. And so as soon as she turns 18, this is like Catherine O'Hara's like whole mission in life. She's like, I gotta get my daughter to break the curse. So she starts like setting up Christina Ricci with all these like rich men but like as soon as Christina Ricci like shows her face these men like run out the door Christina Ricci is like interviewing them through a one-way mirror and then they seize them and make them sign an NDA yes exactly and then one day one of the said suitors is Simon Wood who freaks out as per usual tries to run away but unlike normally they are unable to catch him so he is so he does not actually sign the NDA and he goes to the cops and tells the police that he's seen a freak and she's a monster and they need to do something about it. The cops don't believe him, but a journalist happens to overhear and is like, hmm, this rich guy has gone crazy and writes an article about it. And Simon Woods is like, oh no, my reputation has been slandered. And he goes to the newspaper offices to complain and runs into Peter Dinklage, who still has like a vendetta against the family because Catherine O'Hara, when he had attacked her with a camera, took out his eye, essentially. Uh, So Peter Dinklage and Simon Woods decide to team up to get an actual photo of this hideous fanged monster but in order to do that they have to get someone to take a photo of her so they hire a down on his luck blue blood james mcavee who is a degenerate gambler is that how that's pronounced yes oh i think so they find him he's like willing to do it because he has no money and he goes in but he actually ends up being pretty charmed by christina ricci and she kind of gets charmed by him and they kind of get to know each other a bit through this one-way mirror she eventually does show her face to him he is like startled but not immediately like put off but he's like feeling so much guilt over the fact that like he's being paid to like photograph her and exploit her so he like runs off and she's like oh god i'm hideous not even this guy actually like likes me and decides to run away. She l- decides to like basically just go and like live her life. She eventually like reveals herself to the public. Everyone sort of comes around on her, which is weird because really she wasn't hideous to begin with. She meets Reese Witherspoon, who becomes her pal. She actually finds out, oh no, this I think this is later, that she finds out that James Mac, well, James McAvee isn't actually a blue blood. So basically what happened was she ended up like kind of begging him to marry her. She was like, I promise like it'll go away. And he was like, I can't. And yeah. And then we find out it's because he's not actually the like the the down as like blue blood that they all thought he was. They just mistook him for the guy next to him. And he's just like your ordinary Joe Schmo who like is just really into gambling. 
<laughs> Son of a plumber. Yeah, exactly. In the meantime, Christina Ricci gets proposed to by Simon Woods because his dad is like, you got to stop calling this girl like a monster. Um, everyone else loves her. It's doing bad things for our public image as a company. So you have to do something about it. So Simon Woods like proposes to her, even though he's like still like disgusted and like scared of her. They are literally going to get married. And then Christina Ricci is like, no, actually, I can't do this, even if it means breaking my curse, because you know what? I actually like myself. She breaks her own curse. Turns out it was her all along. Catherine Hera is like somewhat remorseful about the situation, but then is like, you know, you could get a little nose job, like maybe get a little <laughs> upturn. I loved it. My favorite scene, maybe. Yeah. And then Christina Ricci, you know, moves out and like becomes a teacher with no credentials. And yeah, about that. That was weird. That was weird and goes out to like live in the world. And then she reunites with James McAvee at the end and it's very cute. I actually, I quite like this movie. I've always liked this movie, but I, f- I first saw it in college. I had never seen it before this viewing and I enjoyed it. It was cute. I must tell you that until I started to watch it, I thought it starred Penelope Cruz. Because it was called Penelope? I, I, I think so. Um, but also, like, I don't know, maybe I was just confusing it with Pan's Labyrinth? Because they both start with P and have fantasy elements. Wow, really different films. Yes, very different films. I I know now. Yeah. No, and stars instead it stars Christina Ricci, your local haunted doll. That's what she looks like to me. She looks like a haunt, like the human personification of a haunted doll. That's very troubling, and now I can't unsee it. So thank I'm, you for that. I'm right though. Oh no. Oh no no. Like, do you see her face in your mind, and you're like, oh, I see why she was cast as Wednesday Adams in the Adams Family as a kid. What a horrible thing to say about a person. <laughs> No, I think she's like perfectly attractive. She just happens to look like a haunted doll. Yeah, sure. If you like haunted dolls. Yeah. Many people do, shockingly. Yes. I guess it's like how we always talk about Mila Kunis and we're like, oh, good old cat face. Good old cat face. Yeah. And she's beautiful. Yes. This film has a record number of famous, well-respected actors in this tiny, weird movie. Well, I feel like that's always the case when we watch older stuff that you're like, oh, it's you and also you and and you. I know. I mean, I know it came out in 2006 um, and and my fiance was she was like, oh, was this before Reese was nominated for Walk the Line? And I was like, I don't remember really like when this was, but it is shocking that Reese Witherspoon was in this movie. Yes. It was post Sweet Home Alabama. It was post Legally Blonde. She was big enough. Yeah, she was big enough. And this is like not a large role that she... I that love she was her. There. It was so cute. It was cute. I was like, hello. Yes. And Catherine O'Hara. Catherine she... O'Hara is very funny in this. Oh, yes. She's amazing. I was going to say, though, Reese got that like credit thing where they say, like, and Reese Witherspoon. Oh. Uh, That's probably. Yeah. yeah. So she probably, she, she was, like, the biggest name on the Maybe. On the really? film. Maybe. Well, kind of. One of the bigger names. Maybe of people who were, like, really in movies at the time. Yeah. Yeah. But I this was, like, was right before Atonement, right? Was it? I think things they were around the same time they were around the same 2006 I it read was around his the Wikipedia same time. page yesterday and I have immediately forgotten he looks much better in atonement though than he did in Penelope like with his fedora and oh, his he weird looks fine let him live his weird like <laughs> bags under the I was like he's not looking so good well, this look, was he's an inveterate gambler I mean that's true and this was a time before we all decided as collectively as a society that fedoras are terrible and should be banned uh yes Oh, hilarious, though, to see Peter Dinklage in this role also, because you're like, oh, I mean, now everyone knows who you are. Yes, yes. I mean, that's the big one. But I think, like, he was a very steadily working actor at the time, just not super famous for one role in the same way. Yeah. I 
had a lot of questions that I've never like considered before when I rewatched this. Like, where does this movie take place? Me too. I was like, is it London? Is it fake London? But James McAvee is speaking and not his accent. Yeah, but but Simon Woods is British and his family is British, but everyone else just speaking with like North American accents. I think it's some kind of I was like, like fantasy town. Yeah, I was like, is this Canada? Like a major city of some sort. Yes, I think I automatically thought London because like miscellaneous fantasy, I always think London. It also had or like somewhere in Europe. It, but look, it looked European. There yes. were elements that looked European. It was very cobblestoney. Yeah. The Clover Dilly pub. Yes. Maybe that is why I was like, was it London? And then I was like, but... Yeah. But at the same time, there was like, there were references later to cities that actually existed, like Paris. And they oh, mentioned... right. They mentioned Yale at one point, And I was like, oh, in this world, Yale exists. Oh, I think I missed the Yale reference. But uh, that that is... I think it might be like fake London. Yeah, I, I, I think so, fake London. But then I was like, why are all these people so... American? Like, American, Canadian, like, you know. Who knows what's happening? I actually think that this film could be a very good musical. Like, it has, oh, like, so many... Oh, yes. She could have a big number. Like, yeah. when she threw open the doors to go out into the world, I, like, got a little chill. That would be a great place for a song. Yeah, I think this would be a great musical. It's very... It's so... It's so cute. It's, like, such a cute movie. It's so whimsical. And romantic. Yeah. yeah. I love her room, by the way. Yes. Quite a lot of interesting decor happening there. Yeah. I was like, I guess if you're trapped forever like Elsa in Frozen, you'd have to have <laughs> some entertainment. That's true. What did Elsa have in her room all Nothing. <laughs> just ice. Just like snow and ice. It was just her and her misery, Alex. <laughs> Do you think she read a lot? Yeah. I mean, I think that much like Christina Ricci, she probably spent some time like perfecting the sort of noble, noble like arts. Like she's probably stitching and maybe playing an instrument. Who knows? I know. But also like it's it, I feel like it wasn't even safe for her to have like a tutor or anything. Yeah. In well, Frozen. Oh, yeah, yeah. In Frozen. I was like, maybe in this one. Okay, let's talk about how she becomes a teacher at the end of the film. That's like her job. And we reveal like the whole time she's been telling her story to these kids. But she's also teaching horticulture. And I was like, but in order to teach children, like elementary school children, you have to be like a well-rounded individual. Well, she's reading a lot of books. I mean, honestly, how qualified do you have to be in a given nation to teach elementary school. You have to be certified. I was like, does she have any certification? She has no credentials. She's yeah. She's been locked up in a, in a house like her I whole mean, life. I mean, theoretically she has to go to college, but like, what is, he, what is that in this fake London world? That's true. She's 25. Yeah. So she like, you know, like in order to teach school, to teach children, you have to have credentials and in like education. One would hope. But One would hope. But then again. I mean, maybe she has had an education. I just can't imagine Catherine O'Hara was a good teacher. <laughs> I mean, maybe she had tutors and they all signed NDAs. Maybe. I was thinking, though, that the whole time, and I've always thought this when I watched this movie, that everyone in the movie is like, she is hideous. And I'm like, she's fine. Yes. Even with the nose, like, she's fine. She's fine. She's, I, as I said, she's a pretty girl with a pig snout. Yes, pretty much. Which is a little off-putting, but we can get used to anything. <laughs> but I think, oh, that's true. But I think it's just a whole thing where you're like, we must buy into this premise, much the way we're like, I buy into the idea that Anne Hathaway is awkward and ugly. Yeah, that's that's true. And then they straighten her hair and take off her glasses and she's transformed. <laughs> 
just saying. The really interesting thing, though, was by the point that the transformation happened, I think because I had read the back of the DVD, I kind of thought that it might be a thing where her nose just stays that way, especially because we find out that James McAvee isn't rich and she like accepts her thing. But I guess that happened instead, which was also fine, I guess. Yeah, no, I think there were two ways the movie could have gone, right? Like either the direction it did go or like much like Shrek, she like stays in one form forever. Yeah. But I guess this was like the opposite of Shrek. She's not going to be an ogre. (laughs) Which is also fine. I really loved... I feel like the most emotional bit was right after when her mom comes in and she's like, I miss it too. And then I remember you're still you. Yeah, I thought that was nice. And then Catherine O'Hara ruined it by being like, why don't you consider a nose job? (laughs) But I loved it. Yeah, the movie I think is quite humorous, especially Catherine O'Hara's bits. There are things in the film where I'm like, this is a bit much, you know? Oh yeah, she's a lot, especially early on. You're like, oh no. But again, like I think it's a really cute, whimsical movie. Yeah. What did you think? I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it more than I expected. I was very excited that it was only 90 minutes long. <laughs> I had to watch two movies yesterday, okay? This is this is one of Kat's like top, top things she can say about a film. It was only 90 minutes long. Hey, it was both of us. When we were watching things with the, for the blog, we were always like, should we watch this one? Ugh, it's two hours and 12 minutes. Oh, let's watch this one. It's an hour 40. Yeah, that's true. And then we were left with the dregs at the end. That were both bad and long. I enjoyed Richard E. Grant as her father very much. Yeah, he He was was touching. He was sweet. Actually, I think one of my favorite lines was them talking when Catherine O'Hara bursts in to be like we're moving after they find out that Simon Woods has like gone to the gone to the papers <laughs> and she's like we, we need to leave and Christina Ricci and Richard E. Grant are just like taking it in stride and Christina Ricci's like we can move to the beach and like and he's like oh I like the beach and she's like and he's like or we can move to Paris you could practice your French Christina Ricci's like I could practice my French <laughs> I really enjoyed that little exchange <laughs> I like that whole dynamic and it was interesting i i had some i had a lot of feelings about her parents Mm -hmm. and although i did not cry let the record reflect i did not cry at this film but that afterwards like after she's run away and the parents are all stressed and her dad is being like i know like i'm the one who's cursed yeah and you're like this is sad i'm sad yeah and he's like this is and the movie doesn't really take time to explore those nuances obviously but there's a lot to unpack there for her parents like her mother being obsessed with this image and like using the crutch of her getting married to someone like just wanting her to get married off so she can break the curse like there's that like unspoken sort of blame between the two of them on his side of the family and also how he's actually kind of fine with the situation like he's fine with it going public he's fine with it with her like trying to live her life or whatever yeah sort of (laughs) most for the most part I mean certainly more fine with it than her mom but I also think there's a lot of stuff to unpack there about like gender expectations and like this being like the curse being on a daughter yeah they're like well it's fine if men look like pigs which is kind of true kind of true this film definitely I mean I guess it's 2006 but it, it definitely has like a patriarchal bent to some degree because I was like oh my god her mom hired her like basically a fancy yenta yeah essentially <laughs> a fancy matchmaker like when she was like 18 as soon as like she could like she was legally able to get married they essentially were trying to marry her to be off. fair it's a fantasy world yeah well a fantasy world where Yale exists <laughs> strange but but yeah I mean I think they were like as quickly as possible we would like to change her face to that of a normal girl yeah 
do you think people were confused though? Because do you think like men came to the house being like, I thought their daughter died because she staged such an elaborate <laughs> wedding? Yes, that that was a, a plot hole in my mind. <laughs> I was like, don't all these people think that their daughter is dead? Yes. I was also confused by why there were so many like paparazzi in the hospital all the time. Well, I, I think it was like almost like a royal birth, you know, yeah. like, and that's what they do when, when babies are born to like the royal family, or I guess apparently in this case to all nobility that they just like hang out waiting for the first picture to put in people or whatever. Yeah, yeah, I guess, I guess. Um, I think I read about it when Harry and Meghan had theirs. Oh. They were like the tradition of the news of the royal reporters like loitering. <laughs> That's a horrible tradition. Oh, so James Matthew, first of all, I was very like, does he play piano? I wish to know. What did you find out? I did not find out. Oh. I Googled, I'm... but I didn't succeed. Oh, that's disappointing. I know. Usually there's some, I think maybe he wasn't famous enough at the time. That's possible. Was he already cast in X-Men or was that later? I think that's later. Oh, I can, I don't know. All those, like I, I, for some reason in my head, I'm like, 2006 wasn't that long ago. And then I'm like, oh no, it wasn't really it long. It was. Yeah. Anyway, so I have no idea, but overall, like I enjoyed him. I, I enjoyed the whole thing with him, but I didn't, I did actually like follow along with the movie in that I didn't know what happened when he was like, I can't because he seemed to like her or I was like does he just not want to because he doesn't want like her to feel I have no idea and then later you're like oh I see yeah I see and then I was really pleased with myself when they have like that scene at the end where where she's like oh so you really cared about some girl blah blah and she's like in the mask and they're both pretending I guess that they don't know who she is yeah and and she says what happened and I was like watching and I was like, I couldn't give her what she wanted. And then I was, and then he said the line and I was like, oh, yeah, <laughs> seems, seems right. <laughs> and I was really pleased with myself. I had a question at the end, which was that, would you let a random person in to use your bathroom? I think, I don't know. I, a girl, maybe. Yes. But I also think that he's a man. Yeah, that's true. So he did not fear that this random girl on Halloween was going to murder him. That would be my fear. I think in general, though, I would feel less fear about being murdered by a 25-year-old girl. Yeah, no, that's fair. That's fair. I do not think I would let a random man into my home. And nor should you. <laughs> Just common sense. Um. Oh, I also enjoyed that when they kissed, I was like, oh, it's cigarettes. Oh my God. How 2006 was that? The cigarettes like swelling in the background. I love that song. Also, I'm now remembering that recently I looked up how to pronounce their name for real and I have already forgotten. Is it very different from Sigaras? It's very different, but I, I forget. Oh. So just let that be a public service announcement. I just, in my head, I just don't know how else you would pronounce it. Are you mumbling to yourself? To yes, I'm to trying to remember, but it's, I, I don't, it's, let's just move on. <laughs> how very, I was going to say like how very apt, like 2006. Yes. Of the whole situation. I have to go back to James McAvee's look, though, in the film. I know you were like, you feel perhaps that I'm being a little mean about the whole situation. I mean, he did look like he had fallen in a tub of water. Okay, thank you. That's all I needed to clarify (laughs) was that he was not looking his best. No. But he was looking the role. Yes. I. He was cute enough. He was... Fine, I guess he was the only man you've ever connected with in your entire life. Wow. (laughs) Okay. So critical. Well, I'm just saying she didn't get out a lot and he was basically her first friend. That's so sad. I know. I'm much very like, sad now. Yeah, I mean, much like Elsa, she had no one except plants and her parents. Well, okay, not like Elsa. Elsa didn't even have her parents. But. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, did they just never spend time with her again? What, what do you think? I, 
I don't know. I don't remember. I mean, they died pretty soon, so hard to say. No, they didn't die pretty soon. Didn't they? No, so she locked herself away. They were adults. Well, not adults. They were teens. Yeah, when their parents died. Okay, all right, sure. I was like, there was like a decade where she was in that room before her parents died. I don't know how long. I don't really remember the beginning. It's been a long time since I watched the beginning of Frozen. Because much like, Oh. oh, darkness. Much like in The Lion King, you have small Anna and then medium Anna and then adult Anna. Oh, that's right. Singing that song. Yeah. Singing, Do You Want to Build a Snowman? Yes. And during that song is when their parents die. Yes. 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 That's right. Yes. I remember but now. they're already, but they're not little kids anymore. Yeah. Yeah. They're like, they're like teens. Yeah. And then short, and then basically immediately after, Elsa gets crowned mm. because she has to because their parents have died. This is also a podcast about Frozen. <laughs> it is today. <laughs> Best lines. I think my favorite was all around that Catherine O'Hara. Oh, not counting the one where I was just really excited with myself for guessing it. I think my favorite was around the Catherine O'Hara stuff and her being like, what? I'm being her mother. That's what mothers do with daughters. They talk about how to look prettier. I, uh, and I was like, sadly, this is true. Yes. As I've already quoted my favorite, my favorite lines, that whole thing about them moving to the beach and practicing French and stuff. There were a lot of like humorous bits. I was going to say James McAvee really easily kicked that gambling habit. I know. (laughs) He was like, I'm going to get better. And then he did. Yep. Yep. Just mopping up for Russell Brand. Oh, was that who that was? Yeah. Oh, okay. So a lot of faces, a lot of like, like famous faces. Fascinating. Um, there were no people of color. No, oh, wait. There, there was, was a black detective. There was a black detective. <laughs> he was the only one. I guess in fantasy London, you don't, you also have just all white people. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Even at that pub, they could have easily had some like people of color bartending. They did not. I was a little like, Christina Ricci is tan. <laughs> I guess in 2019, Penelope would probably have, probably have Reese Witherspoon's character be a POC. Yes, maybe her bartender friend. Do they get together? I was kind of invested in that. I think they might. I think there were some hints to like... It was like a vibe. Yeah, there was a vibe. Yeah. In 2019, it might actually be possible that James McAvee might be a POC. I was going to say. But sadly, this was in 2006, and so we had none of that. I don't Um, know. Maybe Christina Ricci is a ghost of color. A ghost of color? Yeah. I mean, she looks like a ghost, but she's not like, you know, transparent. She's colored in. Oh, no. (laughs) Just going off more of her haunted look. I don't think, I definitely was like, oh, she has a very specific look, but I had not thought haunted doll until you said it. And now? It's troubling. I'm troubled. Anyway, what would you rate this movie? Oh, what would I rate this? I didn't think about it. Um, huh. I feel like I'd probably give it a seven, maybe. I think that's my feeling as well. Yeah, I think so. Uh, maybe a 6.5. I don't think. I was like, it's six or seven. Like, I, I think it seems better than a six yeah i really enjoyed myself i just don't know that i felt it was super rom-commy yeah i don't think so i've rewatched it a bunch over the years because i find it very comforting and like easy to watch oh but i think mostly when it was like streaming you know something to put on in the background that i knew i enjoyed but i wouldn't say it's something like i come back to because i have real feelings about them as a couple they don't actually spend that much screen well, time that's what together I'm saying when i say like it doesn't feel like that much of a rom-com to me because i feel their relationship is secondary to her journey i guess yeah but he is a major part of the first chunk of the film and there is but i felt like there is kind of a misunderstanding but the unraveling of that situation actually has nothing to do with conflict between them 
Yeah, that's true. It's just about like her figuring it out. And then she's like, oh, by the way, this guy did actually like you. And then she goes and sees yeah. him. Yeah. The end. The end. So yeah, I would say like 6.57 haunted um, dolls. 6.5 or 7 beautiful swing having rooms. That was cool. That was very cool. Um, 6.5 to 7 strangely easily kicked gambling habits. 6.5 or 7 horticulturalists. 6.5 to 7 overbearing mothers. 6.5 or 7 Catherine O'Hara's. And on that note, thank you so much for listening. Please follow us on all our social media, various social media handles, and we'll talk to you next time. Bye. Thank you to Hannah Oatman, who composed our theme music, and Alexandra Oatman, who painted our logo art. You can follow Alexandra on Twitter at at Alexandra. Special thanks to Quincy Surasmith for advising us on the art of the podcast. Subscribe to his wonderful podcast, Asian Americana, at wherever you get your podcasts. Want more Romcomathon? You can read past reviews at romcomathon2016.tumblr.com and follow us at Romcomathon2016 on Facebook and Twitter and Romcomathon on Instagram. We look forward to hearing from you. Please subscribe and rate Romcomathon on iTunes. Thank you.